The PCI Council has issued new guidance for securing payment card data in the cloud, addressing an emerging area of concern for merchants, processors, and card issuers. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group, and I'm here today with Bob Russo, General Manager of the PCI Security Standards Council, who sheds light on what the guidance means and how it should be folded into the overall PCI compliance program. Bob, how is cloud computing impacting payments? Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me again today. Well, you know, cloud services certainly provide an attractive opportunity for all kinds of organizations of pretty much any size to outsource and utilize centrally managed security resources. So when we're looking at the benefits that cloud can bring to these people, from our perspective, we want to make sure that organizations are aware of all of the risks and the challenges that are really associated you know, with a particular cloud choice because they're not all the same. So before moving all of their payment data and, and everything that they're processing you know, into one of these cloud service providers, we want to make sure that they're going to be looking at some of this guidance that is so important to them. And then what would you say, Bob, are some of the key points from the guidance? You know, at a very, very high level, there are some uh, pretty key takeaways in, in this particular guidance. Outsourcing the management of these security controls really, and this is something that everybody has to keep in mind, doesn't equate to outsourcing your responsibility to be PCI DSS compliant. You know, it's critical to understand that there is scope involved for both parties, both the cloud service provider as well as the client or whoever's going to be using it. And something to bear in mind is that, as I said before, cloud services are not all created equal. So you need to understand what PCI compliant cloud service really means and you know who's responsible for being compliant when somebody, you know, advertises that they are a PCI compliant cloud service provider. Does this result in them being PCI compliant or the client being PCI compliant as well? So you know it really requires some due diligence and when it comes to contracts and the SLAs that you've got in your contracts and ongoing monitoring as well to make sure that you're staying PCI compliant. And then what specific PCI challenges has the council noted as they relate to the cloud? Well, you know, storing, processing, and transmitting cardholder data in the cloud brings the cloud environment into scope for PCI DSS. And it may be particularly challenging to validate PCI DSS compliance in a distributed and a dynamic infrastructure, you know, such as a public or a shared cloud. So you have to take these things into consideration. Some of the things that the paper looks at are the fact that a lot of these clients have limited or no control over the cardholder data storage. So where is that data being stored? Is it being stored in multiple locations because they're backing it up? Not only do you know where it has to be physically stored, but how often are they creating redundant storage, high availability kinds of reasons and things of that nature? And where is it being stored at any given time? How many different places? Some of the virtual components uh, don't have the same level of access control that you would have if you had it inside your own shop, like logging and monitoring. So you have to be concerned about that as well. And it can be particularly challenging to collect and, and more importantly, correlate all the different logs necessary to be able to meet the PCI DSS compliance. So these are all things that you have to take into consideration when you're thinking about the outsourcing to a cloud provider. And then, Bob, how does the guidance impact card issuers? The guidance is intended for any organization, and you know, I go back to the mantra that stores, processes, or transmits credit card data if they're thinking about using uh, the cloud to store or process this card data. So it's equally applicable to issuers as it is to any other entity that's storing uh, cardholder data. 
then what about the types of applications that are impacted by the cloud, and what are some of the security risks that the councils noted? Let's not lose sight of the fact that the cloud is essentially made up of software, and you know the same rule holds true for this environment as for uh, traditional computing environments. You know, any application that's touching cardholder data is in scope for PCI DSS and needs to be addressed and secured. You know, the same security challenges we see with applications like uh, misconfiguring, we're seeing improper installation, which is why we have our QIR program, you know, and the maintenance of passwords and password management is all at risk again, whether it's in your environment or a cloud environment and all needs to be addressed. And then what about merchants? What would you say are some of the challenges that merchants and others face when it comes to protecting cardholder data in the cloud? That's a good question. Merchants were involved in this document. You know, this is a way to introduce clarity into specific areas that the merchants want to see. You know, so in this case, PCI applies to wherever in your organization your cardholder data is transmitted, processed, or stored. So the industry asked for guidance on how to understand the risks and what some of the challenges were when it came to securing the cloud, and more importantly, how they related to PCI DSS requirements and how those requirements could be applied. So the council, we're always talking about payment security as a shared responsibility, and the cloud, certainly by its nature, is a shared resource which means pretty important uh, for all the parties involved to understand what their responsibilities are when it comes to protecting this data. And then what about the timing of the guidance, Bob? Why did the council think the time was right to issue this guidance? The simple answer to that, Tracy, is that the stakeholders wanted this thing. You know, they said it was an important issue to them, and right now, you know, they want the guidance around it. So you probably remember back in 2011, we had another special interest group that put out a paper on virtualization, and cloud was addressed to some degree in that document, but certainly people wanted to build on it more, which is why it became a special interest group last year as well. Now, as you've noted, addressing cloud security issues is challenging just because cloud computing involves so many different entities. How inclusive would you say this guidance is, Bob? I think it's very inclusive. This is a really good point. You know, cloud, as I said, is a shared responsibility between the service provider and, you know, the merchant or the client, you know, which means that if you're storing this credit card data or processing or transmitting it in a cloud environment, then PCI applies to that environment and needs to be validated both for the service provider's infrastructure as well as the client's uh, usage in that particular environment. So, you know, this guidance really focuses on helping these organizations understand what the different roles and responsibilities are across the cloud models, and there are many different cloud models, and so they're pretty much all discussed within the document. So, for example, you know, clients that want to outsource the responsibility of managing their security controls to a cloud provider need to be aware that this really doesn't exempt them from their PCI DSS responsibilities. The client still has to ensure that the cardholder data is properly protected. They have to validate that their PCI DSS compliance is in accordance with whatever brand you know that they're using in terms of cards is calling for in their program. Another point that we need to be aware of is that the cloud services are, as I said earlier, not created equal. And it's you know important to understand what's covered by the cloud service provider and what the client's responsibilities are because they'll vary from implementation to implementation. Different providers will provide different coverages, you know, even if they refer to their services in the same way. You know, their marketing data may say the same thing, but you really need to get inside that and understand 
what it is that they're actually offering. And then what about the risks that third-party providers pose? You've touched on this a little bit, but what about some of the specific risks noted in the guidance? As we always say, you really need to know where your data is at all times. And we see, you know, organizations that don't realize that they have card data in places that they had no idea that they would have card data in. You know, you can imagine in the cloud, as soon as you add other players to the mix and your data is being managed off-site by different parties, it pretty much complicates the tracking of all of this. So the real challenge that we see and what this paper really gets to is that both cloud users and cloud service providers need to understand what their roles are, what their responsibilities are when it comes to protecting this data. Often we see cloud scenarios we refer to as nested service provider or nested service provider relationships. And this is where cloud service providers themselves are relying on third parties to deliver some of this service. So now you have a responsibility not only to deal with your cloud service provider, but with their relationships as well and who's providing service to them since you're ultimately responsible for this entire environment as the client. So you need to clarify and understand what the scope of the responsibility is for that cloud service provider and what they're accepting in terms of PCI DSS compliance and uh, you know which systems and components are validated under PCI. PCI DSS requirements 6.1 and 6.2 uh, address the need for vulnerabilities to be identified and ranked according to risk, and then you have to deploy the fixes you know, in a timely manner to make sure that you're compliant with these specific requirements. If you don't properly define this thing, a client basically can assume that the cloud service provider is managing this process for the entire cloud environment. And in essence, the cloud provider could only be managing the vulnerabilities for their underlying infrastructure and assuming that the client is managing the, the other vulnerabilities you know, for their own operating systems and applications. So you really need to know all of these things. And this document goes a very long way towards telling you specifically the kinds of questions you need to ask, the kinds of things that you need to look for. There are some really good graphics in the document that show these different types of scenarios and what you need to do and what you need to make sure you're responsible for. And then what can you tell us, Bob, about the special interest group that developed the guidance? Well, you know, we're pretty happy about this particular special interest group, as we are with all of our special interest groups. We had over 100 global organizations uh, on this particular group. They represented banks and merchants, technology vendors, uh, and they were very, very involved with the development of this guidance. You know, so the value of this resource and all of the supplements that the council puts out, you know, that comes from these special interest groups, you know, comes from the fact that these are written by people who are in the industry. They're written for people in their particular industries. So there's really practical hands-on experience and recommendations and advice brought to bear when we bring these things out. And that's really important. And what about the organizations that are involved in the group? A lot of our very big merchants, Tesco, as an example, uh, was part of this. Uh, a lot of the big banks and acquirers were all part of this. So as I said, there was close to 100 people that were in this, so really good participation. And I assume that cloud vendors were probably involved as well. Yeah, they had a lot of cloud vendors involved as well, making sure that people understood what the service was that they were bringing to bear and how to better define what you're getting. This is pretty much a differentiator between these vendors, so they want to make sure that people who are buying these services understand that they need to be asking 
these specific questions to make sure they know what they're getting. And then, Bob, this is an area that we've talked about before, just getting the word out. How is the council working to inform the community about this new guidance? As with any of our guidance documents, they're released on our website. They're written by the community. Specifically, a number of our board members were actively involved in this particular SIG and in in most of our SIGs as well, and and they serve as representatives to the participating organizations on the board. We look to them to help educate not only in their particular vertical, but also in their specific global region that many of these guys are in. You know, we also continue to promote all of this guidance uh, through social media channels, conversations with people like you uh, about these things. Uh, Additionally, we'll be hosting a couple of webinars in February, actually I think February 7th and the 14th, where members of our technical team will talk about not only this SIG, but all three SIG guidance documents and then questions from people who have dialed into those webinars as well. So, you know, a great way to sort of get your questions answered. And, you know, if you're shy about asking questions, listen to the questions that, uh, you know, the rest of the people on the webinar uh, will be asking and get the benefit of those as well. And then, Bob, before we close, what final thoughts or advice can you offer about this guidance? As you can see from what we've discussed here today, when it comes to cloud, you know, the considerations include business considerations, operational considerations, and there are technical issues that you have to deal with as well. So, you know, with this in mind, we want to encourage everyone out there using or thinking about using any kind of cloud technologies to bring people from various teams together, you know, including IT and legal and uh, information security and compliance and risk and make sure that they do their due diligence and to help define that this document goes a long way to helping them understand what's there and then you know lastly i want to reiterate how much we appreciate all the work uh, that all of these uh, 100 plus organizations that were involved in developing and producing this guidance put in because there was a lot of work that went into this document we think this will go a long way to helping organizations better understand what the risks are and more importantly, how to evaluate them and how to deal with them as you move into this cloud computing environment. Bob, thanks again for your time this afternoon. My pleasure. Again, we've just heard from Bob Russo of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.